From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland edition for the week of February 7, 2013. I'm your host Tom Bell and joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Malata-Willy, and Michael Bowling. In this week's show, I go behind the scenes of the new Fantasy Fair, and Michael talks about how the Walt Disney Studios is working to preserve their classic films. All that plus this week's news, Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Dizboards Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, howdy, howdy. Hello. Love is in the air. Is it? I love that song. Not for another week. It's, it's not Valentine's yet. Oh, that would be Strangers. I, I actually started doing it to Strangers in the Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wrong lyrics for the wrong song or the right yeah, lyrics yeah, yeah. for the wrong song. Any housekeeping? Um, I have some housekeeping. Nancy okay. keeps singing. Um, in the limited time magic that's going on right now, the Bayou Bash Mardi Gras, it's almost over. The last Aww. date's going to be February 12th. Aww. Well, I shouldn't say it's almost over. It's... Um, February 8th through 12th are the, are going to be the days that it's doing. I know, right? And that's such a fun show with Tiana and the food and everything. Which means you get at the same time as the other one. That's interesting. Two limited time magics running together. I know, right? We're so special. But this one, it's, it's, um, Mardi Gras is actually going to be on February 12th. And so it'd be interesting to see if they do anything special since that's an actual Mardi Gras day. And then, of course, this weekend is the Lunar New Year over at California Adventure. So, two for one, if you have they a hopper. Well, I, I guess for for lunch, they can go and have some Cajun-type food, and then for dinner, they can go have some... Um, Asian-inspired. Asian, exactly. Inspired. Asian-inspired. So, like, cheese food. <laughs> I don't know, is it? I don't know. <laughs> it could be. You're punchy tonight. We are. Um, don't forget. Don't forget to email Disneyland. Complain about those survey takers that are in New Orleans Square or the Hub or Main Street. Keep them at the at the ticket bottom of the Rivers of America. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say something else, but that'll work too. (sighs) Guys, and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Not after that. Oh, that's a no. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, yeah, if his sir, name is Michael M I C H A. Yeah, please leave us leave us five stars if you must if you could on iTunes. That just helps other people find the show. Don't be a voice hater. Oh, jeez, <laughs> so bitter. Hey, man. If you are interested in Diz Cruise 1.0 coming up this August on Royal Caribbean, travel with your fellow Dizzers, contact Tracy H, that's T-R-A-C-E-Y-H, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Also email her if you're interested interested in uh, learning when the information comes out on Podcast Cruise 5.0. Yep. Um, and we, if you find out before we do, let us know. Yeah, because yeah, I want to go. Um <laughs> Also, our show is our show notes are now on www.disunplugged.com. So go there, and you'll be able to find our show notes, links to all our shows, links to everything we talk about, 
links to friend us on Facebook, link to send us email, or you could send us an email, dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Also, this week, our new blog um, pages should be up. That's blog at w, no. I, I screwed it up. www.wdwinfo.com. The old podcast www.wdwinfo.com the website is gone now, so don't go there anymore. But there will be an archives. Li- There's probably going to be an oh, the, archives the, on, button on, to oh, link to the old ones, the old yeah, articles. Somehow, so yeah, read them. Yep, it'll, it'll be ratings. There. No, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> also Wednesdays chat night. Be there. Be square. Nine p.m. We have a lot of good regulars for chat night. Yes, we do. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Belle. Hi, who else am I missing? Julie. Um, Erica. Erica comes in every once in a while. Lori pops in every once in a while. Are you holding up your magic mirror and romper bumper? Yes, I am. I feel like it's almost like, remember Hobo Kelly when she was covered glasses and his pie? We had Miss Nancy up our way. Yeah, we did too. Nice. And Miss Lois. <laughs> well, the, the kids of, of our generation, or our, of the current generation, don't don't remember Romper Room. All right, any other housekeeping before this turns into a reminiscing segment? All right, over to Mr. Toygo with the news today. Well, thank you, Tom. It's been a while since I've read the news. We've heard that Disney is now indicating on their menus some healthier selections. The program is called Mickey Check. Well, Mickey Check is now featured on kids' menus in both quick service and table service restaurants across the Disneyland Resort. Mickey Check was introduced earlier this month at, or rather earlier last month, at the Be Our Guest restaurant in the Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. It helps families easily find nutritious choices and is part of an ongoing program that launched in 2006 with nutrition guidelines. The Mickey Check makes it easier to identify healthier food options in all of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Choices that receive the Mickey Check must meet Disney nutrition guidelines that limit calories, saturated fat, Sodium and sugar. That's the best stuff. I know. (laughs) All the good stuff. For the Disney chefs, it's been a fun challenge to tweak the menus. For example, the Blue Bayou in Disneyland Park now offers seared salmon, spaghetti, broccolini, and fresh fruit, while Cochina Cucamonga offers a chicken quesadilla with rice and a fruit cup. The Mickey Check also appears on some Disney-licensed food products sold at retail locations and also on qualifying recipes at Disney.com and Family.com. For more information on Mickey Check, you can visit DisneyMickeyCheck.com. Do you- Glad they're doing that, although it's going to make us feel guilty. <laughs> Maybe the food will taste better than the regular stuff. The blue Na- Nancy, how do, you, do your girls like the kids' meals there at Disneyland? Mostly the macaroni and cheese because, well, they're just little macaroni and cheese addicts. Okay. But, but yeah, I'm really happy that they they're certainly making the push towards better better things. I mean, 
it was, of course, disaster when they got rid of the Uncrustables, but then it got better. So. <laughs> See, my, my, my kid eats too much. He doesn't, he, uh, kids' meal usually won't satisfy him, so he ends up either sharing with us or getting a grown-up meal, so. You know, that happens sometimes. I know. And it's okay. Because all kids are different. Well, and this, yeah, and because it's like the, the kids' meals, for a nine-year-old, the kids' meals are tiny. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they weren't enough for my my little uh, eight-year-old cousin. He, yeah. We were at, I think, Carnation Cafe, and he got a kids' meal. And when they served him the little hamburger, he looked at his dad, and he was like, oh, no, this is not going to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like like at, when we do Plaza Inn, Chris and I will both get the, the chicken dinner, and then he'll get the kids' chicken dinner. Which, which comes with like what one, yeah, one leg. leg. So then he'll have the leg from my plate and the leg from Christie's plate, and then he'll be okay. But yep. split it up sometimes. I just like to see this different. on all the menu items for for all the selections. Healthier well, options. I don't don't they don't they have to follow California law and put the calorie counts like mm, everything else? I haven't like seen that does? on any Disney menus. No. I'm sure they're available if you ask for them. Yep. Yeah. Because I know I've changed how I eat at some of the local fast food places now that they've established that law here in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to know how many calories are in a Monte Cristo. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> at least they serve, it with, they serve it with grapes, though. That's <laughs> Ooh, and that makes it all better. <laughs> That's right. Fruit makes everything Let's healthy. just throw the highest sugar, one of the highest sugar fruits available right there on it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the, the the powdered sugar gets on the grapes too, and it makes them really yummy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> drop them in the blackberry jam. Hey, if you've ever made sugared grapes, Tom's totally right. Oh, goodness. And, ooh, that's one of the rare times I'll ever say that. Oh, that was right. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, Tony's not here, so. Mm-hmm. You'll pick on me, then. We miss Tony. Oh, Tony he'll be back next week. Anymore. He will be. Yep. Then we can laugh at him. Yes. And then he could continue the next news story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on our second... <laughs> Just waiting for you guys to finish. You had to just jump in because we would have kept going. Didn't want to interrupt. We would have kept going. Go ahead. Well, our our second story is a bit sadder, I'm sorry to say. We have lost another Disney Imagineer. Roger Brogy Jr. has died at age 73. He was the son of Roger Brogy Sr., who was one of Walt's original Imagineers. The Los Angeles Times reported that Roger Jr. began working for the man he called Uncle Walt as a boy in 1950 when he tended the backyard railroad at Walt's home in Holmby Hills. Brokey was 11 when he and his younger brother Michael started serving as the crew for Walt Disney's miniature steam railroad. The siblings pulled cars out of storage, dusted them off, and rolled them down the track. Roger's father helped Disney build and install the train. The small-scale train helped to inspire the creation of Disneyland. 
At 18, Roger Brogy Jr. joined Disney's company as an apprentice in the machine shop managed by his father, Roger Brogy Sr. The junior Brogy became an audio animatronics pioneer, making key contributions to such attractions as Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, The Enchanted Tiki Room, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Roger actually died back in December, but his family just made the announcement a couple weeks ago. Marty Sklar told the LA Times, quote, Roger was one of the finest mechanical craftsmen who ever worked for the company, an absolute master, unquote. While helping to build several Disney attractions for the 1964 World's Fair, Brokey became known for his hands-on technical wizardry while helping to create the now-familiar form of Disney robotics known as audio-animatronics. His brother Michael said that making President Lincoln lifelike for the Great Moments attraction, which debuted at the fair, was particularly challenging because no one had made a figure move like that before. All of the electronic gizmos had to be contained within the framework of the sculpted head, a task that fell to Roger Brogy. For the Enchanted Tiki Room, Brogy did an exceptional job building the flock of the mechanical exotic birds. Sklar said his technical wizardry helped persuade Disney to open the Tiki Room in 63 as a full-fledged attraction instead of just a restaurant. Brogy also played a lead role in the development and installation of audio-animatronic figures in Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, which both opened in the late 60s. Disneyland plays homage to Brogy on Main Street, where his name appears in the window of the Little Gremlin's Mechanical Toys Shop. Roger spent his teen years watching Disneyland evolve, playing at the park as a construction site and test-driving cars for the Autopia. Jim Hill reports that, quote, they gave the first two prototypes to the Brogy brothers to drive around the lot. They said, if they can't break them, the kids at <laughs> Disneyland can't break them, unquote. Nice. Of the eight Brogies who eventually worked for Disney, six have been Imagineers. Roger Brogy Jr.'s son, Gary, runs the machine shop once operated by his grandfather, who was instrumental in the development of Disneyland's railroad. When Disney made the 1969 film The Love Bug, Roger Jr.'s mechanical fascination with cars helped him build something like 17 Volkswagens (laughs) to play the Beatle in the movie's title, according to his brother. Each car was made to do a different trick, such as flying or floating. In the late 70s, Brogy founded the only animated display and design company with two other former Imagineers. Their projects included developing attractions for Disney and other theme parks and creating mechanisms for the Rose Parade floats. His his technological sleight of hand also helped bring a memorable end to the 1984 Summer Olympics when a spaceship Brogy helped fabricate appeared to hover over the Los Angeles Coliseum and converse with the stadium crowd below in lights and sound. 
The contraption was actually suspended from a helicopter, and footnote, I got to see that thing when I worked at the closing ceremonies that year. Nice. Oh, wow, that's cool. Unfortunately, Roger was injured while working this past year on a float for a Christmas parade near his home. It goes without saying that Roger Brogy Jr. will be missed by all. A sad note, and that's the news for this week. Thank you, Wayne. And as we said, Tony will be back next week to read more sad news. All right, time for rapid fire. Let's go to Mary Jo. Um, there's a couple of um, items I wanted to share with everybody as far as the merchandise is, um, goes. One is that this Saturday, they're starting a new line. It's called the Harvey's Good versus Evil Seatbelt Bag Collection, which is going to debut at the Disney Vault 28. And it's um, these are really cool bags that they're going to have, and you can either choose the villain or the um, the good guy. And I see uh, Snow White and and the Queen, and the it's original art. Um, beautifully done. So I encourage anybody who's going to be going to the Disneyland to go get those. And the other item I wanted to quickly say is, um, starting in February 14th, Linda Rick is going to be back at the World of Disney Store, and she's going to be there only from um, noon to 10 p.m. Only? On the, <laughs> she's like the <laughs> hardest-working doll maker in show business or something. Well, and we've been there before. I mean, these dolls are really, really nicely done. It's the Precious Moment Sweetheart Princess Doll Collection. And she actually goes there and she signs um, the dolls for for the people who buy them. So if you're going to be there from the 14th to the 17th, be sure to stop by. And and maybe you might just want to chat with her and talk to her about her doll. Where did she sign the doll at? Um, you're talking about where on the doll itself? Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> Maybe the bottom of the sh- the bottom of the shoe, or maybe maybe it's uh you know kind of like the when they say sign my T-shirt or or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I seen her there, but I didn't see her actually sign, so I don't know. Well, you know, what? you'll just have to go and see. Tom. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And you buy West a doll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like shopping with my wife. Oh, this is so cute. Yeah, West would look awful in that dress. Um, <laughs> Matching outfit. Yeah, exactly. Michael, what do you got for us? Um, well, tri- California AAA Magazine Via has an article in their January-February 2013 edition entitled The Seven Best Eats in Disneyland. And I thought um, you might find this interesting. It says, spinning teacups, sparkling princesses, and spectacular fireworks are things you expect to find at Disneyland. But local tomatoes, yeah, I know they're usually down the block on the street corner. Um, we're redesigning menus with fresh ingredients, says Christopher Majetti, Disney's concept development chef. We're making things from scratch and changing with the seasons. Heirloom tomatoes from California Farms star in the Hungry Bear's fried green tomato sandwich, served with a pile of sweet potato fries. At the French market, chefs toss salads in front of guests' eyes. The New Orleans salad deliciously mixes greens, sliced Granny Smith apples, French lentils, pecans, and dried cherries. And kids' meals now come with a choice of apple slices instead of fries. At Flo's V8 Cafe in California Adventures New Cars Land, a smoky Coca-Cola barbecue sauce coats the split-roasted pork loin, offered with either baked beans or roasted corn, peas, and carrots. Over at Sally's Cozy Cone Motel, you'll get homemade beef chili in a bread cone topped with corn chips called Chili Cone Queso. The dish nods to the Frito pie served in the 1960s along Route 66. You can still find cream cheese soft 
no, I'm sorry, cream cheese filled soft pretzels at Coca Cola Refreshment Corner, Dole Whip mm-hmm. Floats in Adventureland, and spicy corn dogs from the red truck on Main Street. As the famed mouse says, oh boy! <laughs> oh my. So I don't know if you, if you agree that those are the seven best deets, but. Cream cheese pretzels, man. I'm I all over those. Dole, at least we got our Dole Whips in there. Yes. And the chili con queso is pretty good. Yeah, I think they might have been stretching on the salads. And, like, yeah. But, well, I guess they had to have something healthy. Healthy, in yeah. There. yeah. I haven't had that salad, have you? I don't remember there being apples. I haven't had it. We'll have to go try it out. Well, because it's a new menu, so we need. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Nancy. Okay. This week, mine is about wove. Oh, two wove. Two wove. Okay, that's because that's what they're deciding Valentine's is for Disneyland this week. <laughs> um, it came, news came out that, yes, indeed, they're taking advantage of something they always usually do, and they're turning it into Live Into Dime Magic. Woo! Oh, convenient. I know. Gosh, golly. I'm at, Frankly, this limited time magic thing is getting a little odd for me, but that's okay. <laughs> so we'll go with it. We'll go with it. And we'll take what we can get. You know, it's all good. It's all good. So they're making it a week-long event from the 11th to the 17th of February. And they're basically doing a whole bunch of the stuff that I mentioned last year. That would be February 2012 in my archive Disney blog about Disneyland adding heart to Valentine's Day. You can find that in the archive blogs on www.disunplug.com. And I think I'm going to revisit, if you want to hit our new blog site at blog.wdwinfo.com. Wow, you got both of them right. Interesting. Hey, man, people are betting that I'm going to mess up on it, so there you go. Um, but anyway, I'm going to probably pop up a new blog this year that kind of recaps all of the romantic spots that we talked about on our podcast last February 2012. So um, look for that blog. Look for the link to that show in the blog and all that good happy crap. <laughs> so now that I've done that big, huge, giant plug for all of our wonder plug for all of our wonderful writers at the blog, let me pop into what they're going to give you. First, as Disney plugged it, they're going to give you a romantic setting. Ooh. Guests will feel the romance at every turn as heart-shaped signage and sweetheart-themed decor adorn Disneyland Park. That means they're gonna, you're gonna walk in, you're gonna see the few little things around Town Square, you'll see a couple things in Toontown, and pink flowers. Well, they'll have, they have, they'll have a big heart where the Christmas tree or the pumpkin goes, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes, the floral heart. A giant floral heart makes a sweet setting for a Valentine's photo in Town Square. I hadn't gotten there yet. And then the rest is just merchandise and meet and greets. <laughs> well, no. Oh, no, they're going to add one thing. At dusk, oh, the hues go. of red and pink will bathe the Sleeping Beauty Castle with projections of flowers and hearts. Aww. So if you're planning that proposal at the... Snow White's Grotto, 
right there by the wishing well. I'm wishing. I'm wishing. Anyway, um, you'll have all this beautiful romantic stuff, but only after dark. So otherwise, they're going to have flowers, garlands, decorative doves, creating a second ideal location around that wishing well with nighttime magic lighting so that your proposal will be even more special. So um, they'll have all the, the couples, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy, out for meet and greets in Town Square. I would mention all the menus at the special restaurants. Uh, you can try and see if you can get on a waiting list at the Carthay, at the Napa, and at Steakhouse 55. You can always check out Catal for their special one. Or you can try and get in at um, the Carnation Cafe for their special menus. All of them have special menus. Oh, and Blue Bayou and Cafe, Cafe Orleans, too. So... If you want fancy food, go for that. There's new cupcakes. Some of y'all know how I feel about the cupcakes. I'm sorry, Jean-Marc. But, you know, Disneyland cupcakes are kind of eh to me. But they still have one, a co- chocolate cupcake with raspberry mousse filling and dark chocolate mousse frosting at Jolly Holiday, Fiddler, Pfeiffer, and Practical, and Pacific Wharf Cafe, as well as the Disneyland Hotel's Coffee House. Um, new Vinylmation, new pins, plush, uh, new romantic ears. I saw new um, little hats. Stuff like that. And, ooh, guests will enjoy a rare opportunity to get photos of Disney princes as they escort their princesses along the Royal Walk in Fantasyland. And, of course, in New Orleans Square, because it corresponds with some of the, uh, some of the Bayou Blash thing, they'll see Princess Tiana with Naveen in, uh, Norland Square. Other that, there may be a couple of special, um, special streetmosphere um, encounters with wandering wallflowers in search of true love. So who knows, guys? You could walk (laughs) in a single man. You could walk out with a wandering wallflower. Find yourself a wallflower. You can. You can get. You can find yourself a wallflower. Hmm, okay. So that pretty much wraps it up All for right. the True Love Week at the Disneyland Park. Thank you, Nancy. Thank I'll you. go next. Just want to remind everybody about Dapper Day coming up. Yeah. Join a fashionable crowd of thousands Sunday, February 24th for Dapper Day's third annual spring outing, this time at both of the Disneyland Resort Parks. Um. Dapper Day is a private ticketed function, private, private, okay, Disney, Dapper Day, let me start again, Dapper Day is not a ticketed function or convention, but simply a day to visit the park with other stylish guests in their stylish attire. Uh, they have several gatherings, 2 to 3, 2 p.m., they're going to do a Columbia cruise, um, aboard the Columbia, they're going to, everybody meet and go on the Columbia all together because the Mark Twain is down, so they can't do that. They usually do the Mark Twain, but thought to settle for the Columbia this time. I'm glad um, you explained that because Columbia just seems kind of yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't just out doesn't of character. Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a train would be nice. There you go. Um, from four to six, they're doing a single mingle where all this sing, uh, single um, 
guests, the single dapper people. All the single dappers. Thank you. All the single dappers. <laughs> will be meeting at the, <laughs> the Golden Vine Winery at California Adventure Park. Um, in the evenings from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., they're holding the Dapper Derby at King Arthur Carousel. So gather in Fantasyland for a most elegant ride on the antique white horses. And then, of course, if that is not enough, after dinner, Dapper Drinks from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. at either Trader Sam's Yum, Enchanted Tiki Bar, or the Hearthstone Lounge in the Grand Californian Resort and Spa. What's the date again, Tom? That date is February 24th, and that is on our events page. So if you missed any details, you can go to our events page, get the information there, or from there you can click over to their Tom, website. we should tell people what dapper, what the era of dappering is. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you researched it. Um, for folks who don't have an idea of what type of dappering it is, it starts off with the era of the park opening, so 50s, 60s, you know, that whole era where your mother just, always dressed up. Yeah, it's just a, it's, a, it's fun, and you dress it's up retro. and go to the parks, yeah, retro. Yeah, get your best vintage fashions, hats, all those accoutrements, you can wear your little white gloves and your pumps. It's really I, funny because ever pumps since Pumps hurt that, my feet. Pumps, pumps. The last time you wore them, Tom, Yes, thanks. <laughs> You need gel soles. Yeah, that but, must um, be it. It's funny because th- this event, um, non-sanctioned event, I guess, yeah. is just getting, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And, and because people, you know, they, they get these outfits, I now see people dressed in that type of outfit just, different times when I yeah, go to Disneyland. Random, random, yeah. Yeah, random yeah. days where it's not even dapper. And then they look, I saw the other day a lady was waiting to take her picture with, um, the the um, Queen of Hearts, and she, I mean, she was dressed to the nines. She had this skirt and this blouse and an umbrella and her hat, and she just looked so cool. It's kind of a shame we don't dress like that anymore. You know, next to her there's somebody in shorts and you know tank top and. And well, and that's the whole point of, uh, I think that's the whole point that the Dapper Day organization is trying to make, is that, you know, long gone are the days where we dressed up to do anything. It's true. I mean, I think about how I don't dress up hardly at all anymore to do stuff, and and that was, you know, our mothers lived in their heels and their pearls. and Right, and, and they, I mean, and, and what's kind of cool, too, about Dapper Days is that everybody gets dressed, and not everybody, I mean, people of all ages. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, dress up. So it's not any particular age group. My daughter goes with her friends, and I know um, women, Nancy's of my age, who go. Who go? Hey, <laughs> I, I heard that whistle. Hey, now we're not that old. <laughs> All right, thank you, yes, get, thank you, ladies, for adding. Uh, Wayne. Alrighty, I wanted to mention the Space Shuttle Endeavor's new Los Angeles home at the California Science Center. While they are building the new permanent display center, which is a new addition to the Science Center, Endeavor can be viewed right now in the Samuel Oskin Space Shuttle Endeavor Display Pavilion. Boy, that's a mouthful. Guests who come see Endeavor will begin their experience in Endeavor, the California Story, which is a companion exhibit featuring images and artifacts that relate to the shuttle program 
to California where the Orbiter were built. The California story celebrates Endeavor's many scientific achievements and its strong connection to California. The California story includes images of Endeavor under construction, as well as artifacts that flew into space aboard Endeavor. Dramatic video programs such as one of the shuttle assembly, rollout, and launch convey the emotion and power of Endeavor. Following their visit to the California story, guests will be directed to the Samuel Oshkin Pavilion to see Endeavor itself. Their guests will be able to see up close and discover some of the science behind this amazing vehicle. The pavilion will feature images and video to introduce guests to Endeavor's past missions and the crews who flew them. Now, tickets for the exhibit, um, they are largely free. Um, they are on a first-come, first-served basis at the Science Center itself, but you can go online and order the tickets ahead of time, and the reason you want to do that is because they are timed tickets like many of the museums are doing these days for these special exhibits. So when you buy a ticket or when you get issued a ticket, it's for a specific entry time. So if you have a time in mind, you might go online and reserve your time. I think there's a $2 service charge only for buying the tickets online. Otherwise, they're free. There's also an IMAX theater at the Science Center. Mm -hmm. It's showing right now three films to the Arctic 3D. Blue Planet, which is a great IMAX film, and Hubble 3D, which is also a great film. And that's only eight twenty-five, which is a wonderful price for an IMAX uh, uh, theater. The California Science Center is located in Exposition Park, which is adjacent to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which is sort of near downtown L.A., and that's an easy drive from the Disneyland area. I hope to visit there the next time I get down that way. Excellent. Thank you, Wayne. Time for the thread of the week. 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 Um, well, with Valentine's Day coming up, oh, um, I saw one that kind of pulled the charge strings. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, um, <laughs> no. um, this one's by N. Blake 05, and she writes that ideas for surprise for hubby. And she and her now husband. Now we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> just well, I, I, you know. With so many of you fellas on this on our DL podcast, I thought maybe I would um, kind of quest, question you on what you would think would be a cool surprise. But let me read the thread first, or the post first. We were planning a trip to Disneyland, staying at the Paradise Pier Hotel at the end of April, first couple of days of May. We haven't been to Disneyland since we were engaged there in 2005. Since then, we've been to Walt Disney World a few times. On our last trip, our hus- my husband had an in-room surprise for me, the Honor Your Hero by Disney Floral and Gifts. It was really touching. I'd love to surprise him with something on this trip. While I know that I'm very lucky in this regard, my husband loves Disney just about as much as I do, and he loves to plan the vacations with me, but it makes it very hard to plan surprises. We already decided to try and book the Walk in Walt's Footsteps Tour, the Fantastic Dessert Package, and have dinner at Carthay Circle. Jeez. I'm not sure what I know, right? What, what's left? <laughs> I'm not sure what else I can do to surprise him. I was thinking of somehow recreating his proposal to me. We were sitting on a bench in the hub area when he dropped to one knee. Only instead of proposing, maybe I could thank him for the happiest 
and most magical eight years of my life and presented with some kind of token. Now, that did pull up my heartstrings. But nothing can really beat the engagement ring he gave me. We'll be starting our trip with a couple of days up in, um, she's naming a local area, Agora Hills, then head to Disneyland for five days, then down to San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. Any ideas for a way to, to surprise him? It can be something small or a simple romantic activity. Please help. I'd love to be able to surprise him. Thanks, everyone. So, you know, she's, she has some ideas. She's getting some suggestions on this thread. But I wanted to ask you guys, what would you, what would you like, um, as a surprise to make Disney special, especially if you're with a significant other? And we're already at Disneyland? You're already at Disneyland. Or would it be something that's packed ahead of time? Not a teddy. <laughs> Something that's you mean, you mean like time. a duffy bear, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, she's got, if she's already got the Walking Waltz Footsteps tour, that's that's like the ultimate Disney experience right there. I always like what, you know, what Kevin on the Orlando podcast says. I, th- I like her idea of going back to where the proposal was done and Write a write a letter about what did she say eight years? Uh-huh. What what yeah. the eight years have meant? What he means to her? And maybe it's, sometimes it's a lot easier to put it in writing than say it. And read it to him there. What what life has been like together? What it's meant to her since that day he proposed in that spot eight years ago? And if if maybe and then maybe you know how they have the artists um you know in the Disney gallery and over it off the page maybe if she can sneak off have them draw a special like you you know they have the the little um you, you know Mickey and Minnie together or or Daisy and Donald what it maybe what or, or Lady and the Tramp you know one of the couples Disney couples maybe have that Lilo and their names well, perhaps not that. <laughs> Unless they have a very unusual relationship. Exactly. That goes back to Disney After Dark, perhaps. But um, well, do but, you know? And if maybe they do? something like that with their with their names and maybe their their wedding date or proposal date on it, and and then give it to him with that letter, something like that, and then they can have that little, you know, that drawing framed. I think that would be very touching. That's a really nice suggestion. Like we do that. have Mr. Romantic right there. And <laughs> who is still married to, to Mrs. Romantic for how long? Oh, gosh, it's going to be 24 years. In a row? In a row, <laughs> yeah. Unbroken. Wow. That's really, really nice. I really like that idea. Nancy, what would you do for Ian, do you think? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> now, see, my husband is totally not as into Disney as... as yeah. As everybody, but he—I mean—he appreciates a good a good thing or so. I mean, that's a good question. I, you know what? I would get him a spa treatment because that's the way my husband rolls. <laughs> Is having a, having a spa time and a, and getting a private massage and having some special him time where I take care of the kids and you know because it's always us and the kids whenever. So we go that gives him some. Some time where he gets pampered. Yes, time where he gets he gets his special time to feel special and and all that happy stuff. Yeah, that's cool. 
Now, Tom, what about what you? Do. What would you? What would you see? I, I would. I would go for the you know like the welcome all footsteps tour or. They're already doing it. Yeah, I know. See, that's so, already taken. Yeah, nice dinner somewhere. What didn't she? You said something about dinner. Carthay. Yeah, they're going to Carthay Circle. Yeah, Napa Rose. Well, no, 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 no. Steakhouse 55. That's that's a Disney experience, Steakhouse 55. So a special dinner. Maybe that's something he doesn't know that and and go to that. I'm surprised you didn't say Trader Sam's. No. Well, no, not for a special. She wasn't a romantic type, something special for him. Um, Well, I think especially since she said that she wants to show him how much she appreciates or let him know that how much she um, appreciates him for the past eight years that he's he's been a a great husband. Does he like to dance? They could top it all off by going swing dancing at Downtown Disney on a Saturday if they're there over on a Saturday night. Or if you like sports, take them to ESPN Zone. You guys aren't topping Michaels yet. No. (laughs) Well, that's the ultimate romantic thing. But letting him, letting him choose and guide the way. You know, I'll still say that that is, you know, that is one of the more special ways to make something special for someone else is have them guide the way that day. Let's see what they. But yeah, once you've done your special Michael suggested thing, like I'm sure Wayne the- might have another romantic, completely romantic well, idea. We haven't got, too. We haven't got to because we haven't yet, gotten so. to Wayne yet. <laughs> but you know, once you've done the completely romantic idea, then you know, and then also say, you know, and you like, get to pick, what you get to do for the rest of the day. So he gets to go to the front of the line and choose two fingers up to show two in there. Yes. Like never mind. Okay, Wayne. What about you? What would be something that you would think would be a cool surprise you would enjoy well i actually had one of these a number of years ago um i it it was a combination because it was part of a birthday but it really was a special birthday at the time and we weren't staying on property but it was definitely a disneyland visit and unbeknownst to me as soon as we got in our hotel room i opened the door and discovered that the room had been pre-prepared with disney balloon and all kinds of other Disney trinkets strewn about. And I, I had, I was presented with a, like a special scrapbook that had been personally made for me by my girlfriend at the time. And it was a whole bunch of memories leading up to why we were there on that trip. And it was, it was the best. It, it was, it was absolutely perfect. Aww. Couldn't, couldn't have topped that for the world. That's and, another nice. wonderful idea. Nice. And yes, I remember that to this day. And I can't even remember how many years ago that was, but. Um, stuff like that. Um, the other thing I was going to throw out there along similar is uh, just a nice quiet evening in one of the rooms at the Disneyland Hotel. Um, they're so gorgeous and so intimate, and I can't think of a nicer setting for a nice special romantic evening than staying right there on property. Do it for nice. me. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>